Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and local now, channel 525. Hello, folks. I invite you to join with me and leaders from across the nation on June 10th and 11th for our National Unity Weekend. Saturday will be our community day to provide food and resources to food insecure communities across the country. Then on Sunday, pastors will preach a healing message from Galatians 3 and 28. So go to our website, sign a statement of change, and show you're committed to seeing the church at the forefront of racial healing. Then have your church sign up to help spread the message of unity. And lastly, pray with us as we look to heaven and prepare for a transformative weekend. God bless. Tomorrow can be bigger. Yeah. Just grow, let the world overflow. Yeah. Live a life bigger than yourself. You're created for greatness. Live a life bigger than yourself. You are listening to the Live Big Broadcast with Bishop Derek Greer, the radio ministry of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. We're so glad you joined us, and we pray that you are strengthened and transformed by God's Word today. Are you ready? Let's get into the Word as we continue the teaching from our previous broadcast. Simon, a Cyrenian, the father of Alexander and Rufus. Now, historians say that the, 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 the reason Mark mentioned Alexander and, and Rufus here is because they were very well-known leaders in Rome by the time that Mark wrote his gospel. And uh, uh, early, actually, tradition says that that, that after the family was saved, you know, right after the crucifixion, um, when the Christians were forced out of uh, Jerusalem because of the persecution of Saul, uh, Alexander's family, or Simon's family, relocated to Rome. It says they compelled a certain man, Simon, the father of Alexander and Rufus, again, the only reason they would mention the name was because that name was familiar. So Simon and, I'm sorry, Alexander and Rufus would be like, you know, mentioning uh, Tony Evans, Billy Graham, T.D. Jakes, or, or some other major leader. So they were just well known, and, and so their names were, were mentioned as he was coming out the country and passing by to bear the cross. What we're about to find when you joyfully carry Christ's cross, that cross will eventually carry you. And, and what happened here was that cross that he carried began to carry his family. Let's get back to Romans 16 and verse 13. He said, greet Rufus, the son of the man who carried the cross, chosen in the Lord. Now, all of us in this room should know the Bible well enough to know the Bible says we are a holy nation, a chosen people. Every Christian has been chosen by God, whether it's Peter's mouth, Paul's mouth, uh, etc. But so what, what is Paul saying here? I wasn't saying that he was like chosen, you know, to be a Christian because that was expected here. Everyone knew he was a, 
uh, Christian. But what he was saying was that this, this guy Rufus was a person of high reputation. The same thing that was deduced from, from Mark, a choice leader in the church at Rome. But watch this. And his mother. Behind every good man is what? A good woman. Rufus' daddy probably had passed away by this time. But mama still made sure all her kids went to church. And mama, you still need to make sure your kids are in God's house. And I know for, for my kids, when they were young, they loved being in church. They loved it. They, you know, even when I was in meetings after service, they'd play with their friends and all the rest. They'd run around and, and uh, it was just, just a lot of fun. But, you know, when, when it got to, to late high school, I noticed them kind of dragging their feet. But guess what? That's what the Greers did. We went to church. You understand what I'm saying? I understood what side our, 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 our bread was buttered on. And uh, there really wasn't much of a choice. Um, see, the, the, the issue is if you don't get those seeds planted in your children. Listen, they might roll their eyes. I, I get that. that, that's, that, 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 that that's fine. But some plant seeds, others water. And if the seed has not been planted, what do you expect to blossom? I mean, when they go into the military, they, they go into college and life gets crazy. You better make sure something has been placed on the inside of that child that can somehow blossom and bloom. And, you know, each of my boys had sideways periods. Sorry, telling you business. But they, they all had sideways periods. But I knew the seeds of righteousness had been planted in them. Do you understand what I'm saying? And not just through church, through my own mouth, my own conversation, my own example. And you got to be, listen, man, thank God for giving money to missions. But if you're not taking care of your own house, you hear what I'm saying? If you're not planting seeds in your own backyard, your own front yard, your own side yard. And, and, and here's the deal, you know, you got to create patterns in your life that your, your, your children can, can, can uh, model when they get older. And, and if you've already lost your child, what's going to happen in the next generation? You understand what I'm saying? Use your parental authority for a righteous cause. I'm stuck here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move in a second. Thank God for the athletics. Thank God for the academics. But what about their soul? What about their soul? Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and his mother. Watch the next clause. And mine. Paul did not just preach the gospel. He lived this gospel. This Jewish man that considered himself a Pharisee of Pharisees of the tribe of Benjamin, circumcised on the eighth day. Or ninth day. I don't remember now, but he was circumcised. A Pharisee of Pharisees. One of the things the Pharisees did every morning after, you know, thanking God that they weren't a woman, they thanked God they were not Gentiles. So he was steeped in a tradition where he thought he was better than. In fact, they called Gentiles dogs. But when he speaks of Rufus's mother, he says, and his mother and what? Mine. This Jewish man 
considered this African woman to be his spiritual mother. You see, life doesn't come with the manual a child can read. So it comes with a mother. And as old as, 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 as Paul was, he still needed mama. I shared this anecdote once before about Thomas Edison, the inventor of the light bulb. One day, Thomas Edison came home and he gave a piece of paper to his mother. The teacher said, don't read it. Just deliver this to your mother. And he said, uh, mom, you know, the teacher gave this paper to me and told me to only give it to my mother. The mother read the little piece of paper. And the mother's eyes, as she read it, welled up and became tearful. And then she read the letter out loud to the young Thomas Edison. The letter said, your son is a genius. The school is too small for him. It doesn't have enough good teachers to train him. Please teach him at home yourself. But years after Thomas Edison's mother had died, he was cleaning out a closet. And he had become one of the greatest inventors of the century. And he found the folded letter that was he gave to, to his mother. And he opened it, and the message written on this letter was this. Your son is mentally ill. We cannot let him attend school anymore. He is expelled. Edison, the story goes, when he read this, he welled up in tears. And he wrote this in his diary. Thomas Alva Edison was a mentally ill child who, with a mother's love, was turned into the greatest genius of the century. Paul says, his mother and mine. In those days, if you left Judaism for Jesus, your friends and family would have a mock funeral for you. And they often wouldn't even speak your name. They would treat you as dead. I can't find this in the Bible, but it's possible that after... Paul converted to the faith. Now, he was a Pharisee. And how many of you know? Well, I don't know if you know, but Pharisees were required to be married. And if he was a Pharisee, he was obviously married. But I'm not sure when he came to faith, it could be that his wife divorced him. And there is life after divorce. God can still make things happen for you, by the way. But also, his family had probably had this funeral, and there was a loneliness in his eyes, though, you know, he he loved Jesus, and he was missing something. And it could be that, that Rufus decided to take Paul home to Mama. And he knew his mother. Maybe when she came in, she had an apron on. I don't know what she was doing. I, I really don't know. But she looked into that young man's face, And she took Paul in her hands and just looked at him in the eye and said, baby, everything's going to be all right. 
She probably cooked him a meal and said, you know what? Whenever you're here, there's a place to stay. You know, I, 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 I love you, Paul. And, 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 and everything's going to work out right, Paul. And you see, God always provides. Sometimes it's in the places you least expect it, but he always provides. Maybe your mother passed away. Maybe your relationship with your mother happens to be strained at the moment. But but I want to tell you, even when life is puzzling, God knows how to find all the missing pieces. He knows how to bring things together. And when we think about wealth here on earth, we think about how much money we got or, you know, our 401k or what have you. But, but you know, when you think of God's wealth, it's not the cattle on a thousand hills. The economy of heaven operates based on souls. What makes God rich is his people. And, you know, if you really want to bless God after you give him yourself and, and all your worship, lead someone else to Jesus. And that's how you, if you will, add value to God. And he's in this moment where he's missing probably a family. But then God looks at all his resources, you and I. They were probably Chinese faces. They were all different types of faces. They were Italian faces. There were certainly Jewish faces. I don't know if the gospel reads China yet. I'm not sure. But anyway, there were lots of faces. But out of all those faces, God reached into his riches and grabbed this particular mother. And the answer to your need may not be someone with the same DNA. It may be someone that you think is unlikely. But God still uses his people. And if you'd submit to the process, your answer is probably already in the room, already in the room. One more verse before we're, we're, we're done. Isaiah 49 and 15, I was going to plan to make it quick because it's Mother's Day and I know we all have plans after service. The prophet says this, and, and I think for reasons or, or scriptures like this, we have Mother's Day because we call God Father, but we can miss some things in that. Because both the male and female were created in the image of God, and actually in the home, it takes both a male and a female to properly reflect the image of God. Because there's some things about God only a woman reflects. There are some things about God only a father can reflect. You understand what I'm saying? And it takes both to give a child the proper image of God. Now, God can provide for you. You know, if you're a single mom, God got you and hook him up with some men in the church and, you know, uncle or what, what have you, the things God can do. But it takes God, would, when God created this, this unit, he wanted to be represented through the parents. And in doing it, he created them male and female. So we can learn something about God through the woman. 
And the prophet goes on to tell us this. He said, can a woman forget her nursing child? Now, this happens today, you know, as crazy as the world does, but it's still rare. And not have compassion on the son of her womb. You see, mothers are connected to children in ways that uh, a father or a man can't quite fully understand. Now, we get it, but not on the same level as a mother. That woman that carried the baby in her womb nine months. That woman who brought the child to the breast and looking at little baby's eyes, seeing his soul. There's a connection that just a man just does not have on the same level as a mother. A tornado struck and hit 17 counties in Mississippi. Nikki, a 30-year-old mother, placed her three small boys under a mattress to shield them. All three children survived. Nikki did not. In Canada, Maureen and her three-year-old daughter, Maya, were enjoying a hike. And an 88-pound cougar pounced on Maya. Maureen single-handedly wedged herself between the child and the animal and then carried her daughter to safety. In Lawrence, Georgia, Angela's son, Tony, was working on his 1964 Chevy Impala. Those cars were heavy back then. But then it came off of his jack and rested on his chest. And this middle-aged woman picked the car up until the neighbors pulled Tony out. Can a woman forget her nursing child and not have compassion on the son of her womb? Surely they may forget. There might be some situation, some rare incident where a woman may forget, yet I will not forget, says the Lord. God loves you in a minute more than anyone else could ever love you in a lifetime. I learned some things about women when my wife had our two sons. She happened to breastfeed them. And what would happen though, if the baby didn't drink enough or she could not quickly enough get to the baby, maybe she was traveling or just a zillion different things, her breasts would become engorged. And it was an extremely painful experience. So if you have a baby that doesn't latch properly and just takes a little bit of milk, but not the whole dose, it's painful to the mother. I mean, it's like punching her in the chest. God likens himself not just to a mother, to a nursing mother that wants every child to latch. A nursing mother who feels pain 
when the child does not receive the life that's in her for him, the child that doesn't come to the table, the child that she can't look into the eye in that precious moment. God is saying, can a woman forget her nursing child? And just as God, I'm sorry, as a woman gets engorged, God and some of he's engorged with blessing. He's in pain with favor. He's hurting because of the benefit he wants to release. But we don't have an appetite or, or we don't latch or, or we no longer want to be that close. So we, we don't want to look him in the eye in, in that way. And, and we're dwindling and God is aching on the inside because he wants to release life into us, strength into us. But, but we go everywhere else but. Thank you for Gerber. Thank you for Carnation and, and all those other things. Those are, are good things. And I, I don't think I was breastfed. And, and maybe that's my problem. I don't know. But, but you know, I, and, listen, if you didn't breastfeed, that's your business. Okay. I'm going to get emails. God is saying, man, it hurts me to see you without. It hurts me to see you without my provision. You think you're hurting God. You are. Because he loves you with a mother's love. And at least once a year, I get a chance to preach to you about a mother's love. So you can recognize that part of God. A woman gets her femininity from God. Both the masculine and the feminine are in God. Because the man and the woman were created in his image and likeness. And if you're going to get a perception of God, it takes both. Can a woman forget her nursing child and not have compassion on the son of her own womb? Surely they'll forget. Yet I will not forget you, says the Lord. God loves each of us as if there were only one of us. Because there will never be another you. What I want to say to you this morning is God loves you even more fiercely than your mother. God would pick up anything to free you, liberate you, and preserve your life. So what he did, he put on his back a cross and he walked. He would do anything to wedge you from that beast that would destroy your soul or any ungodly influence to separate you from their deity. God even cares about the forces of nature when things aren't going right. He wants to be that hedge of protection. He took it on the cross so you don't have to. Can a woman forget her nursing child and not have compassion on the son of her womb? Call God Father because he tells us to do that. But also understand a woman gets her instincts from God himself. 
and he loves you and is even more faithful than your mother. In fact, just like the similitude of fatherhood is received from God, the similitude of motherhood is a gift from God. And what I want to know, what I want to say is God doesn't love you dispassionately. He loves you fiercely. And today as I, as I wrap, there are folks in this room live streaming. God is engorged. I've been wanting to bless you. I've been trying to bring you close. But you've been running after all these other things. And I hurt for you. I'm not trying to take something from you, but try to give something to you. Come near. Drink of the good milk of the word of God. Receive my strength and my life so you could grow into everything God wants you to become. But you got to be willing to come. You've been listening to Live Big with Bishop Derek Greer. If you want to learn more about becoming a Christian or you feel that you need to rededicate your life to Christ, we want to walk you through the steps to do so. Go to gracechurchva.org slash salvation to find out more and watch videos from Bishop Greer that will guide you into your life in Christ. Again, that's gracechurchva.org slash salvation. We invite you to worship with us online each Sunday on our YouTube channel at Grace Church VA TV. While you're there, remember to subscribe and hit the notification bell to get all of our latest content. That's our time for today. Until next time, remember... You have what it takes in Christ to live big. Hello, folks. I invite you to join with me and leaders from across the nation on June 10th and 11th for our National Unity Weekend. Saturday will be our community day to provide food and resources to food insecure communities across the country. Then on Sunday, pastors will preach a healing message from Galatians 3 and 28. So go to our website, sign a statement of change, and show you're committed to seeing the church at the forefront of racial healing. Then have your church sign up to help spread the message of unity. And lastly, pray with us as we look to heaven and prepare for a transformative weekend. God bless.